Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a uh, Monday morning, as I'm sure everyone is listening to this. Yes, that means the sun has risen. Although, I shouldn't say that because I did say that Milwaukee was having uh, quite the winter storm at the moment. So maybe maybe it's not so sunny in Milwaukee at the moment. But if you're a Bucks fan, uh, a bit of a debacle of a weekend, <laughs> back-to-back losses to the New Orleans Pelicans and then the Charlotte Hornets in just an avalanche of threes. And of course, if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, this is not exactly something that is new to you or new to the team over the past couple of years. So we're going to discuss that here today and joining me to do so, as always, on a Sunday from the Bucks Radio Network, who I actually had the pleasure to listen to yesterday on the road as I was heading up the highway to the tennis. It's Justin Garcia. How are you doing, man? Uh, I, I'm all things considered doing good. I mean, the sky is falling and the Bucks are uh, now eight losses through 19 games. But if we can get past that, things are, things are looking up. 11 and eight now the Bucks, And that means that this last loss against Charlotte actually tipped the Bucks uh, beyond the quarter way mark of the NBA season. That is, of course, if you believe they're going to play 72 games and uh, who really knows if that's going to be the case, uh, we will wait and see what happens with uh, scheduling and all those types of things. Before we dive into what happened on the weekend, I have to say today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Now, the three pointers, we may as well just jump straight into it. Uh, I, I, for those that missed the episode on Friday, uh, some of these games I'm not exactly watching live at the moment. I am working. Uh, with another job. So I was listening to the radio, as I said, listening to you guys. Very familiar tale in this game against the Hornets, but it was kind of interesting that this popped up because I had these numbers from the show on Friday. The Bucks are now 5-17 and 17 when giving up 23 pointers uh, in their history. Uh, only one of those times has... Uh, sorry, all of those times just about have come since Bud uh, took over as coach. Now, I know that that draws the, the ire of the fans and against the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, the Pelicans shot 21 for 48 from three. Uh, and then against uh, Charlotte, they hit another 20-plus uh, threes as well. I, I'm, you know, I mean, this is, this is the back-breaking stuff. When you're watching the Bucks and teams are firing away from three and there was multiple possessions where, in both games really, where it felt like the Bucks were making a run and another three would be given up, there's no doubt about it. It's incredibly frustrating to watch. Difficult to wrap your head around as a fan that these teams are shooting so well. But for you watching these games, and you can split them up if you want or, or talk about the Pelicans and the Hornets, uh, what were you? What was your feelings as they were shooting the threes? Did it feel the same as previous times? Um, I'm not really sure what to take away from from the Pelicans game. So when we 
when we did the post-game show after that game, uh, I, I was trying to have this, this conversation with a few other people and that, look, I, I think we oftentimes point to outliers and it gets overused and people hate to hear it. And, and especially, can we really start to call them? I know statistically, yes. But can we really refer to them as outliers when it's becoming more and more frequent? But any game where Lonzo Ball and Eric Bledsoe each hit seven three-pointers, I'm sorry, is an outlier game. Now, there's things that the Bucks certainly need to clean up. My takeaway from both of the games is, I guess, you know, if we, we want to have the overall conversation on three-point shooting, we know it's been an issue with this team for two-plus years now under Bud. When you look at the numbers this season, and it's not quite as um, severe as I would have anticipated, but the opponent's shooting percentage from the outside goes down in the second half. And what I attribute that to is a lot of the line of questioning that, you know, we had an, an Eric uh, name asked quite a bit of it to Drew Holiday and Giannis after the game on Saturday is we see the Bucks go to switching a lot more as the game goes on. And that's where this seems to go away. Uh, the Bucks, you know, like I said, the, the opponent three-point shooting percentage goes down in the second half. And the fourth quarter, I believe they're in the upper third in the league for what opponents shoot in that quarter. So by the time you hit the end, you're going through the switching and you're getting more and more comfortable that it feels like the defense has found its footing. The problem is by then, in these eight instances, it's been too late. So part of it, you know, just combining the two, when you watch it, it does feel like a lot of times there's still confusion and maybe the Bucks just need to go to switching. I know that was asked of a handful of the guys after the game last night. Maybe it's something that needs to be done for the entire duration of the game, but it just seems like the book is out there on the Bucks. in that here's what you do. We know what the drop defensive scheme does. And when they run it with everybody, and I know there was clips out there from yesterday's game and some instances with, with DJ Augustine and Torrey Craig, there are easy ways to exploit it. And the Bucks are slow to react to saying, you know what, we'll change this. And that in turn digs a, a hole for themselves. So my takeaway was, that's part of the problem. And then we do see uh, some of these issues early in the game because when they do go to switching, I know they're doing it more this year, but it's still not really their bread and butter of defense. There's still a lot of communication issues and working things out. I mean, we saw that against Utah. We saw that uh, against the Dallas Mavericks too in the play you talked about with Luka Doncic. So I think that's part of the issue that, you know, it's probably going to remain like this for most of the year. And I know fans don't want to hear that. But it's probably going to remain like this unless they make a consistent effort of saying, we're just going to move to a switching team because, you know, it's two plus years of data where teams know, here's what we're going to have. Here's how we're going to be able to attack it. And if they're going to stay this rigid and yes, they're going to switch more, but now it's not coming until later in the game, we're going to be able to get ours in the first half. And that's what we've seen for the most part in these eight losses. Wide open threes in these two games. The Pelicans were 10 for 17, which is obviously absurd. 58% on their wide open attempts. That 17 number is, it's about average where the Bucks were last season. I don't have the exact number, but it was around that mark. Yeah. Uh, but the Pelicans obviously shooting a ridiculous percentage. I think the league average is normally around the, the, the high 30s there. So clearly that's crazy. Yeah. Lonzo Ball was three for five on those wide open threes. Bledsoe was five for yeah. six. And one of the things that the Bucks have done, and you can question what they do defensively you can question the threes that they give up for sure but what they've always done under bud is try and limit the corner threes uh give up the above the break threes 
not give them up, but they, they will be there if the team wants them. But also they would target guys that they didn't think were great shooters. Alonzo Ball only 32% from three this season. Bledsoe's Bledsoe. We know him very well. The fact that he hit seven threes, I mean, he, he doesn't, we never saw that. We didn't see that once. So uh, I think that that, it has to be taken into account here in this game. In this game, as frustrating as it is, the Hornets uh, were 10 for 22 on wide open threes. They were able to generate a lot of open looks. Part of that was Lamelo Ball, who you know you can say he's a rookie, uh, you can say he's a teenager, but he is the type of player that is so unique and so crafty with the ball and his ability to get into the paint and make smart passes, which he did on a number of occasions that generated uh, those open looks. It's difficult not to help on a player like Lamelo Ball. And also, I just think that he, he can kind of catch you off guard the first time you see him. I've seen that a number of times in Hornets games uh, this season. And then you just have a guy like Gordon Haywood who's just been just on fire all season long. Uh, we do have to have a conversation about Bud, though, because the one thing I will say, uh, just scrolling through Twitter after the game, um, let's just say... Uh, that maybe the blowtorch is back on the coach. So I do want to talk about that. Uh, before I do, I want to talk about uh, 1010. This episode is brought to you by 1010. Now, you may have read about this in New York Times, in Style Magazine, or Forbes, and we're excited to tell you about it. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful commitment ring. They're available now exclusively at BlueNile.com, and when they're gone, they're gone. We all know that the diamond engagement ring is iconic. It's a timeless expression of the deepest commitment between two people, and with 1010, it's been beautifully re-envisioned in the hands of 10 modern designers working exclusively with sustainably sourced diamonds. If you're ready to mark a special commitment or looking for a unique and meaningful way to celebrate Valentine's Day, you're definitely going to want to check this out. Again, this exciting limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings is now available exclusively at BlueNile.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, Mike Budenholzer, let's, let's talk about this. Let's talk about Bud. Now, uh, I think we've tried to, I guess, express this throughout the season so far that I think that you have to be prepared to have some rocky results and some rocky games. And I think part of the issue with watching this Bucks team at the moment and trying to figure out where they are at as a team is that the results are kind of similar in terms of what you're seeing defensively and the way teams are scoring against the Bucks. And I think that that sometimes is masking some of those things that the team is doing. So you spoke already about the fact that they are switching a little bit. And certainly the post game against the Pelicans was really interesting and fascinating to listen to these players discuss it. Giannis, uh, he's been around for a while. He kind of said, oh, look, Bled, Lonzo, they're going to hit those threes. You kind of live with it. That's not a very exciting answer, and that's not what anyone really wants to hear, and I understand that. Then you get to Drew Holiday, who's a new face in this team, and he's like, well, I just want to switch a little bit more. And we've heard Drew Holiday on multiple occasions now say that he doesn't want 
help defense. He wants to defend yeah. one-on-one. Uh, like he said post-game, he said when you're switching, it actually forces guys to have a little bit of pride in their one-on-one pride. defense as well, which was a, a very interesting quote that he said. So I just think that the, the conversation around this team, and, and I, I know that people aren't going to like this, I, I just struggle when I look at the, the players that the, this team has right now, the roster turnover that they've had, and I know you can say, well, it's a quarter way into the season. Well, fine. It's a 70-game season. We came into this year saying we need to see different things from this team. We probably understood that it was going to be pretty scratchy. Maybe because of the regular season success we've seen over the previous years, we thought, eh, they'll figure it out. They're going to be totally fine. They're going to win all those games still. I'm probably guilty of that. I didn't expect that they would be 11-8. and I didn't think that they would be losing games to below 500 teams like they are at the moment. But when I watch this team and I see them doing different things, maybe they could try them a little bit earlier, as you said, and maybe they could switch right from the outset in games and really just say, listen, we're locked into this. This is what we're going to do. Uh, this is going to be difficult. We're probably going to have breakdowns, which we're seeing, which is leading to some of these wide open threes that you're seeing because guys are, A, not familiar with switching at all and seem utterly confused at times. And B, uh, when you are in those switching defenses, I still feel that once the dribble penetration comes in, the help is there and the easy kick out. So there's two things that the Bucks need to do. I'm just not sure where to lay the blame directly on Bud or to bundle it all together because to me, this feels like a collective problem that the team is working through. Yeah, and you know, I um, I really don't know if fans fully were willing to accept what we're seeing here that I think we all kind of had the conversation of, yeah, we realize it's, it's not going to be this rolling depth machine that the Bucks were in the regular season in the last two years. We got to work through some things. And as long as they're showing me new looks and different things, that's all we care about because we're playing for the postseason. And then, you know, once they were 500 again, and when the losses started to pile up and now it's, it's what two times this year where they've lost back to back games, we're starting to hear the opposite of it's, well, Bud needs to be fired and this team isn't going to go anywhere and this team doesn't have the championship makeup and et cetera, and et cetera. And, you know, I think the problem, part of the problem is we go from Packers season right into Buck season <laughs> yeah. where, um, I mean, the, the disappointments there are one thing, but you have to get out of the mindset that every game matters, you know, as much as it does in the NBA, in, in the NFL, because it, it just doesn't. And in this league, I mean, we've seen less and less value placed on the regular season to begin with, but we're talking about one versus 72 as well, that you don't look at one game as a tell-all or a trend. You look at a handful of games and that's where you start to pull these takeaways. So I don't get, I mean, I understand that it's, you know, in the definition of fan. So in that sense, I do get it. But I don't get all the panic over this team being at 11 and and 8 on the season that, you know, I guess if you had to ask me to put a number on the first 19, I would have assumed somewhere around 13 and 6, somewhere like that. Um, When you see 11 and 8, they've been nothing like that the last two years outside of the second half and, and last, what, 10 games or so last season. But it's not what we're used to seeing. I still, you know, people need to relax that it's still very early. I mean, I know we can't quantify it, but 50% of this roster is new and not only new, they haven't had time together that, you know, you think about in a regular year, you have a month or so that you're spending together and doing five on fives before you get into training camp. And then you usually have five or six preseason games. We didn't have that first part. 
you had, what, two weeks of training camp. You had three preseason games. So part of this is a bleed over of that, especially when you're working in seven new guys and you're changing as much as you are both offensively and defensively. You have to factor that in. My big takeaway from all of it, though, is I guess just the influence that, that Drew Holiday has in that you've talked about some of the things he's said about switching and talking about having pride on defense and, you know, not wanting help. And look, it comes down to do your job. And when you're with a guy one-on-one, you have to have that pride to get the job done. But I mean, even as much as after the Hornets game, uh, Drew Holiday was asked, should you guys, you know, you see the success when you switch, should you go to it early? And he kind of gave a yes, but maybe no, but yes, I'm not going to come out and say we need to do this earlier, but yeah, we kind of do without saying it in so many words. And I was most interested in hearing Giannis give the answer too, because I, you know, I can't remember what the question was now, but you and I had talked about this. There was something you asked Giannis earlier in the year uh, about the defense and about, you know, defending guys that the answer that Giannis would typically give us, like think back to the bubble of defending Jimmy Butler. It's usually the, that's not what coach wants me to do. And that's the type of response you get. We've heard Giannis deviate from that, where he's not throwing butt under the bus or saying, yeah, we shouldn't be doing any of this, but he's not giving the usual responses that he would give. And he was asked about switching and do you need to go to it earlier? And he kind of gave the same response of yes and no. Here's the reasons why uh, it's a no. And I kind of gave a really good answer on why, you know, I know we all point to switching. It does seem to work, but you also have a tendency to get lazy when you do that. But he also hinted at something along the lines of, you know, we've kind of wondered this for years when asked, should you guys go to this? So I think it's pretty interesting to hear the sway that Drew Holiday clearly has and the pull he has in the locker room and hearing the way that Giannis has kind of changed some of his responses as well. And and as we've talked about before, as you look at this as an organizational standpoint, I mean, you gave up quite a bit to bring in Drew Holiday. If this is what Drew Holiday is comfortable doing, and if this is what Drew Holiday has excelled at, and you want Drew Holiday to be here long term, at some point you're going to go to what Drew Holiday wants to do more than the coach. And I'm not saying it's a mutiny, but at some point you have to say, look, we want this guy here. We paid a heavy price for him. If he wants to do this, we're doing this. Yeah, and I do think they already have, though, a little bit. And I think that's probably the point that or maybe the reason why I'm I'm looking at this and, and trying to look at the bigger picture a little bit more than the individual game because when I look at this team and what they are doing defensively I'm like okay well I didn't really honestly expect that they were going to do this I, I thought that it was going to be much of the same because we know you know in the past you know Bud has been a guy that's had a bit of a reputation of being kind of stubborn in his ways and not changing things up too much um, and, and again, to be clear, I mean, we've said this right from the start. We said this on this show during the postseason last year that we understand why there's going to be frustration about Bud. And, and I, I, again, I've said it. I think his seat is as hot as any of the good teams out there. I mean, he's got to uh, get this team over the hump this year. There's no doubt about that. But I think I really did come into this year saying, look, if this team has to go through a rough patch in the first half of the season then just do it. They, they've got to get it out of their system. They have to work through this and they have to figure it out. And in many respects, I'm actually watching this. And first of all, don't get me wrong. I do not want to watch this team lose games like this to the Hornets and Pelicans. But as I was walking away, I uh, got out of my car, finished listening to yourself and Ted Davis. And I was thinking, man, that's a bad loss. That's very disappointing. I was walking across to the tennis center thinking to myself, 
this team really needs to go through some shit. I really think this team yeah. needs to needs to have these moments where they need to find out what it is that's going to work for them uh, in the postseason defensively, uh, but on on both ends of the floor because they just haven't had this type of adversity over the last couple of years. I mean, the toughest period they had literally in the regular season last year was when they were two and two at the start of the season and then they coasted they put it in second gear and coasted towards the playoffs in the first seed literally all season long so I I just look at it and I say yeah this this sucks right now there's question marks on everyone there's question marks on bud there's question marks on this this group this playing group together and there's certainly question marks in the second unit which I'm sure during the week we can get to as well but defensively that's going to be an issue for this team as well as some of these guys that they're putting out there as it currently stands the Bucks still have the number one offense in the league with an uh, offensive rating of 117.9. Defensively, they're at 110.6, which is 17th in the league. So for a team, for a team that's really sat uh, at the number one points uh, all season long for the last two years, it's, it's a little bit strange to see them all the way down there. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about this uh, in a bit here, but I want to talk about betonline.ag. And uh, listen... Bucks might be a little bit of a difficult team to, to bet on right now, but if you are into sports betting, there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust. That's betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And then, uh, or maybe at the same time, maybe while you're scrolling through betonline.ag, you may as well have a built bar in your hand, the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. Uh, 18 different amazing flavors for you to choose from. Uh, you can see all those online. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built bar is great for the health conscious guy. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein and high fiber and the deal we have for you is a good one go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20 percent off your next order use promo code locked on for 20 percent off at builtbar.com on the rejecting the screen podcast feed right now hosts adam stanko and noah kozlov are honoring kobe bryant's life and career with a two-part special podcast event Hear stories you haven't heard anywhere else about Kobe from teammates, opponents, coaches, and journalists. Get both parts by subscribing to Rejecting the Screen podcast feed after you finish listening to Locked on Bucks, obviously. A couple of other numbers, and maybe I've got a bit of a quiz for you here, uh, Justin. So I was looking this up this morning. Teams that uh, have had 20-plus three-pointers scored against them in an individual game this year. Now, it's going to be no surprise to you that Milwaukee lead the way after having back-to-back games uh, over the weekend. Four times it's happened against the Bucks this season. They're four times in 18 games. Not a great ratio there. Uh, coming in second, Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings have had it happen to them three times. But what I'm looking for here is the 20 plus three points four. So how many times have the Bucks done this off the top of your head, would you, would you guess? Or do you remember? Have they hit 23s or that the opponent has? Uh, they have. Uh, this season? Yes. Uh, is it three? It's three. Exactly. Uh, so the teams that have hit 
20 points, uh, uh, 20 plus three-pointers. There's a lot of numbers. I'm finding it really difficult to spit this out. The teams that have scored 20 plus three-pointers against the Bucks this season, uh, obviously New Orleans and Charlotte. The other two teams were Utah and Toronto. Uh, Listen to this. Toronto have scored 20 plus three-pointers four times this season. Utah have done it seven times already this season. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's, and, you know, I, this is the other thing that's making it so difficult right now uh, on, on the Bucks. And Frank tweeted about it the other day. He said, listen, we came into the season wanting to see uh, adjustments uh, with this team defensively in terms of switching earlier in games uh, and be more proactive in that regard. He said the other thing we wanted to see was them being smarter about help defense uh, basically don't help if you don't need to. Uh, it's, they're, it's, they're certainly still working through both of those issues. But the, the difficult part about this is all teams across the league are shooting better from three league-wide. And so if you are trying to figure things out defensively, perhaps experiments with different defensive schemes, there's actually never been a more dangerous time to be trying to do that because teams are shooting the lights out. And two of the best in the league, they're Toronto and Utah, have definitely taken advantage of the Bucks this season. I think part of the challenge that Milwaukee have, it's twofold for me. First of all, Drew Holiday, we spoke about him a lot tonight because he's always been known. He's a fantastic individual defender and he really does do some incredible things defensively one-on-one. We've spoken about that when he's defending Anthony Davis, defending LeBron James, Pascal Siakam, uh, Julius Randle. I remember he had a really impressive defensive possession against as well. He's so strong individually as a defender, but I think it's an interesting fit when you bring him in in replacement of a guy like Eric Bledsoe, who was such a terrific system defender in that three-pronged mm-hmm. triangle. Not that it's not a, but I'm making this up myself. I'm calling it the triangle. The Bucks' defensive triangle of Bledsoe, Giannis, and Brook Lopez was so fearsome for the opposition teams. They couldn't score in the perimeter. They couldn't score at the rim. Uh, and I think replacing him with someone that's more individual and likes to defend one-on-one is just something that's been interesting for this team. And the other thing is, Frank mentioned this podcast going back a few months ago, but I remember uh, Jeff Van Gundy was on with Zach Lowe. And look, Jeff Van Gundy, people you know, give him shit and all that sort of stuff. He's a grumpy old man. I get it. But one of the things that he said that was really interesting to me about the Bucks defense and why it's difficult to figure out what's the best direction for this team to head is that Jeff Van Gundy said, listen, I always hear these people say, well, the Bucks give up too many threes. Uh, they need to change up their defense. I don't like their defensive scheme. And he's like, you know how many teams out there are desperately trying to be elite at something, but in the end, they're just really actually average in everything. And he was just just talking about the idea of how valuable it is to be elite at something, which the Bucs in previous years certainly has been their paint defense. And it's still been fantastic this year. There's no doubt about that. Uh, They're in the top three uh, for paint defense so far this season. But the other point that Frank brought up is that you've also replaced Robin Lopez with Bobby Portis, who was said, okay, that's great offensively. He's done some good things. He hits the glass. But defensively, we're starting to see that Bobby Portis is Bobby Portis. And the Bucks have lost some defensive prowess in their lineup right through the starters in the second unit. And I just, again, we just keep coming back to it. But I think all, all of this combined just has a bit of a messy situation right now. But like Frank said, overall... Still figuring it out to me seems like the the number one point. Yeah, I mean that's been my takeaway from these these nineteen games is it's still a work in progress. And you know what I was trying to say on our post game show last night is I don't think we're gonna see this 
yeah. cleaned up, if we want to use that verbiage, until, you know, into the second half of, this, of the schedule. It's not going to be anything that next week this team all of a sudden figures it out and they flip the switch and here's this top 10 rated defense. It, it's going to take time for all the reasons that we've already gone over. I think if you do want to look for things to be discouraged at, it's for as much as we've seen more flexibility and willingness to adapt to different ways to do things, it is still the majority of the time we're still doing the same thing, which I get because every coach is going to do that. That if you're going to go down, you're going to go down with your system instead of trying to learn something on the fly. But it shines a light on it when (laughs) you see the clips of, okay, the Bucks are still running this drop defense and it's with guys like Bobby Portis and Torrey Craig where what is the point of having that guy drop back and defend the rim opposed to Brooke Lopez or Giannis? So like, that's the biggest thing I look for to see this specifically get cleaned up and start to adjust in the second half. But we have to expect there's going to be more losses. There's going to be like games on the, like this on the schedule. And, you know, a lot of people were upset uh, after that Pelicans loss. And I was talking about it with Ted before the game and said before the Hornets game and said, look, I mean, here's the other side of the coin, too. The Bucks, outside of that Knicks loss, which still was a bad loss, but the way the Knicks have played, it's not as horrible as it looked at the time. But outside of that, the Bucks haven't really had any of these games. And this has been a weird year for every team where good teams have games like this, that they just lose. The Bucks have been immune to that the last few years, last year especially. And this year, outside of that, they haven't had it. So they were due for a couple of games like this. Now, you don't want it to start to build and have it happen over and over and over. But to think that the Bucks would get through this bizarre season unscathed like that was crazy. So they've gotten a few out of the way now. You look for that to clean up. The other thing that drives me absolutely crazy is when people point to they give up too many threes is the adage that we hear too much, which, look, I get, but you need to be more specific and target what it is that they're giving up and that that they need to clean up here. Because if you just say they're giving up X amount of threes, well, I mean, I'm sorry, but every team does. And that number is going to continue to rise because that's where the league is headed. If you say the thing that just drives me up the wall the most, opponents are averaging this or shooting this in losses for the Bucs. Well, no duh. I mean, you lose the game for a reason that usually in losses your stats go up. And by the way, I think it's two-thirds of the league is allowing opponents to shoot 39% or better from three in their losses. So it's not unique to the Bucs. What needs to really change is the number that you referenced for the Hornets and the Pelicans. They're still giving up too many open threes that you have to understand, especially with this season, you're going to give up threes or with this defense. You're going to give up threes. They just can't be wide open looks. So that's what has to change. Really, I would say in the second half, because again, I don't think any of us can expect something to just magically change in the next two to three weeks before this break. No, and that's why the intention of this podcast was hopefully a little bit of therapy because it, it might be a little bit difficult. And right now, as we sit here, Bucks 11 and 8, it's been a long time since we've been this deep in the season and they've had a record like this. But I think the one thing that stands out to me when I look at the standings, the Bucks still third in the East. And it's just really bunched up. There's just so many strange results out there. And uh, just uh, for reference, when you talk about that three-point percentage that we're seeing from some of the other teams, the Bucks currently, uh, the Bucks currently in terms of, uh, of three-point percentage, obviously it's pretty high. But some of the other good teams are up there as well. Like I said, 
uh, teams are just shooting the ball really, really well this year. And as far as Bud goes, I think the conversation is going to continue to happen. I just personally don't expect uh, that you're going to get your wishes if you are in the camp that that wants him out. I don't think it's going to happen before the end of this season. And also, I think we just need to... We need to spread the love in terms of where we're, where we're getting frustrated. The players a little bit as well. It's not all just uh, directed at the coach here. I think that this problem is uh, certainly not unfixable. I think that, in, if anything, like I said, it's good for this team to go through this. They'll work through it. And by the way, uh, if you are having a little bit of anxiety about the Bucks at the moment, perhaps you're not looking forward to tomorrow night's game against the Portland Trailblazers and Damian Lillard uh, all that much. But we'll see. Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard, that's a fun matchup. Uh, we can get excited uh, about at least looking forward to watching that game, can't we? Or are we, are we just, uh, is that not even a, something we want to think about right now? I think we can. And uh, I mean, I would point to the playoff <laughs> series that Drew Holiday had against Damian yeah, Lillard. Exactly. And, uh, I mean, and look, and and I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm just defending everything Bud and the team does, because to the last point too, the the percentage is what I think it's 47 percent that opponents are shooting in losses. Which, as we said, numbers go up in losses. That's why you lose the game. But 47 percent is way too high, and it's like two or three percentage points above the next worst team. So that definitely needs to change. But we need to relax on the this happens in losses because that happens to every team when they lose. No doubt. And uh, listen, we can't be burning the house down on this podcast after every loss because at this point, they've lost eight times. So we'd have no house left. So we need, to, we need to spread it out. This is a long season. We can, we can gradually let our frustrations build as the season goes on. But for now, uh, I'm just going to take a deep breath and uh, look forward to the next game. And hey, Giannis had a massive weekend, so there's that. And listen, he missed a few free throws. We won't talk about that. But uh, he had a couple of big nights, which was also fun to see. One assist short of a triple-double against the Hornets. But the Bucs are 11-8. and eight. They'll take on the Blazers tomorrow. Uh, that always is a fun matchup. I think it'll be high scoring. Uh, you will see Drew Holiday versus Damian Lillard, which will be uh, a little bit of fun there as well. So, Justin, always a pleasure to catch up. Normally, a little bit better after a win, but uh, we made it. We survived. We made it. We survived. And uh, let's just promise not to burn the house down if they make it three straight losses against the Blazers on Monday. Three straight losses. Uh, it's taken me back to the, the pre-pandemic days uh, but when the season shut down. I think they lost three in a row there. That was the last time they yep. did that. But uh, we'll be back after that game. Uh, regardless, Bucks and the Blazers, like I said, uh, stay safe. We'll speak to you guys then. 